Welcome to another episode of Out of the Rough. I'm your host, Lenny, and we have Sean with us. Sean, how are we doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing great. I'm doing wonderful. I love to hear it. Had a uh, interesting Wyndham Championship. I know um, none of our lineups were terrific. Uh, I'll let you, uh, we'll get right into it. Shout out your highlight of the week. Oh, me? Uh, my highlight of the week was myself uh, leaving Louis Oosthuizen in my lineup after he pulled out. So that was very nice of me. Um, but I did have Adam Scott in there. He had a tied or a T2, as we like to say in the golf world. Um, so that was the highlight of my round, I guess. Uh, Ricky, who I was hoping, and uh, Mito Pereira, who I was also pulling for for the FedEx Cup. They uh, they obviously uh, were gutted when they didn't make the cut, uh, but Kucher and Duffner were uh, in the top 30 for me. So not too bad out of those three, but uh, I'm a pretty uh, big dummy, if you ask me, for leaving Louie in there. So, you know, that's yeah. life. You, you get busy, you forget about stuff, but uh, whatever. It doesn't help with the late withdrawals, but I, I was also rooting for Ricky and Mito, even though they were in kind of your guys that you had picked this week to do well I was also just as a fan of both of them Ricky I was like genuinely surprised he played as poorly as he did Mito not as much just because he had played what was it like seven straight weeks including that trip all the way over to Tokyo and back you know it that's gotta it's gotta take a toll on you but I understand like being was he like one 77 or something like he needed to go out get a win get a top five at least in order to advance and play every week just to get those points because he just what I think he had about 10 tournaments he was eligible to play in after getting his tour card um hoping for the best for Mito next season won't be surprised to see him get a win next year for me my lineup was rough I, I don't even want to get into it like it was I think it's like the worst week I've had um, with my BFS lineup. I guess I kind of got lucky. I on Sunday afternoon, uh, right before kind of the playoffs, with a few holes remaining, threw a Kevin Kisner bid out there live bet him. He won, so I, like I, I made money on the week. However, DFS wise, it, it wasn't pretty. Um, but, I mean, the six-man playoff at the window is always kind of fun and exciting. Uh, really saw 15 different ways to play 18 and still make a par. And then, finally, Kisner just sticking one to about four feet, making the birdie putt. Uh, good to see him win. Now, of course, we have the Ryder Cup talks with him. Uh, you see him making the Ryder Cup team at all, Sean? I hope so. I think uh, I think it would be fun. I think... He's he's a guy that definitely could fit in well, and and obviously his his spirit and uh, his, he's wore he wore I think he wore an American flag to the Open one year uh, as a hat. So obviously he loves to wear the colors. So I'm sure he he'd love to go and perform. I'm hoping that he makes maybe like a captain's exemption if he's not in there. But he's got a few more rounds to play. Hopefully with the way he's standing with the FedEx Cup, he might be able to make an impression or move up those rankings himself. Yeah, I. I would like to see him make it. I think he's going to need a win in like our FedEx Cup playoffs here in the next 
two or three events in order to make it. I just that and they're playing at Whistling Straits, which I don't think fits his game. However, I am a fan of Kisner, so it'd be cool to see him. Um, I mean, there's another guy in here who I will talk about one of my picks this week who I would like to see more than him, and I'll uh, leave you with that cliffhanger and talk about it when we get there. Um, yeah, uh, but it, uh, yeah, it was a fun week. Of course, after every single tournament we have at this stage, it's going to be Ryder Cup talks. Is Phil going to make it? Is Kiz going to make it? Is Harris English guaranteed a spot? You know, uh, it's just kind of kind of the fun, I guess, some more drama that we have going into these tournaments as well with all of our FedEx Cup rankings and everything we've got going on, which I guess we should kind of talk about. So this week it is the top 125 guys that qualify to play here in the Northern Trust. After this, it, the field will be cut down to 70. So it'll be based off of your FedEx Cup points, not necessarily exactly how you finish, but your points total throughout the year. And we'll have the top 124 in the field as Louis is decide not to participate. Probably a good thing for him. Uh, he's been someone who's been playing just about every event there has been lately. Uh, I think it might be good. He doesn't necessarily need the points. He should be just about guaranteed to make the finals at this point, which is the top 30 guys. And I think he was, what was he sitting, like sixth or seventh, Sean? Yeah, he's up there in the list. I think he was right around the uh, – so he's at eighth right now. Eighth. All right, yeah. So, I mean, he – should be absolutely guaranteed a spot with, you know, his second place finishes in every major event. Um, Sorry for jinxing you, Louis. Yeah, poor Louis. He's Louis going to be the guy who does finish like second next week, gets himself high up there in the points list. He'll end up winning like the overall tournament where he'll have like the lowest score, but it like or not the low like he'll be like what is it how they start at ten under he'll start at like seven under he'll shoot the lowest round but like more will shoot like two strokes higher than him and beat him by one or something so he still comes in second just <laughs> just being Louis who stays into over and over again every way possible. Yeah, it would right. be his. It would be his career to take second at these <laughs> these things. Right. Yeah. Anyways, let's kind of dive into the tournament here a little bit. So it is a Northern Trust. It's at Liberty National Golf Course in Jersey City, New Jersey, right, just outside of New York City, across the Hudson Bay. There, it's a about seventy four hundred yards. So, not necessarily a super long course, but it is. Uh, longer, I would say. It's going to be playing as a par 71. One kind of distinct thing that I look at when I'm looking at the course is the green sizes. They're relatively small, 4,800 square feet, uh, smaller than our tour average by a good little bit here. Makes me kind of consider a bit of the short game guys a little bit more. And when you look, so our FedEx Cup playoff events move places, places. So don't necessarily look at the event history, look at course history, which I want to talk about here. Liberty National, last time it hosted this tournament was in 2019, where we saw Patrick Reed, Abe Anser, uh, Harold Varner III, John Rahm, Adam Scott, Louis Oosthuizen, who will not be there, and 
Snedeker up there at the top, Spieth up there in the top 10 as well. All those guys have very solid short games. They can get up and down. They can scramble. Right? Not all necessarily the best putters, but I think of all of them having good solid short games and pretty solid all-around games, which is something that I'm going to take into consideration this week. Not necessarily these guys specifically, but that game style. I mean, a good all-around game will play here. I think having good, solid long irons, you know, the 175 plus will be a lot of your approach ranges. So if you want to try to dial in at a range, that's a good place to look at. Um, another kind of quick back President's Cup was here. And I can't remember the year. Was it 2017? Sounds right. So. Uh, and I kind of was looking at that a little bit. Ricky Fowler, unfortunately, our guy rough week last week didn't make it but him phil mickelson and dj all went undefeated in the president's cup when i was here at liberty national something you may want to consider good course history i know these guys aren't necessarily playing the best with phil and dj however i mean phil went out won the pga championship dj's dj he i mean i we say this a lot like if dj gets hot you know he can easily be there at the top but it's been, what, 20, 25 weeks that we've been saying it, and DJ just hasn't gone hot. So I don't know. Just something to consider. Um, but another great fact, this is, as long as nobody else withdraws, it is going to be the strongest non-major field in PGA Tour history. So you almost have to consider this like you'd be considering a major WGC event because this field is very good. All of the big guns are here. All the elite guys are playing this week. No one's missing out except for Louie. But anything you want to add, Sean? I know I just feel like I rambled on for about 15 minutes there. No, you uh, definitely shot the fireworks off in New York City. Um, and that's what these guys are hoping to do this week when they're playing. And I think it's kind of cool, the backdrop and everything that you get with the course. So it's not just uh, it's not just the course. But, you know, that I think the, the history, like you mentioned, does bode pretty well. And I, I do think, you know, outside of the course and what it is, there's also that FedEx Cup playing. So it, even though it is, like you said, one of the bigger fields in terms of talent, you know, it is kind of considered like a major because you have in order to like keep your season going, you got to keep winning or playing well. So it's it's not just another tournament. It's a very important one. So some guys might do some some things this week that might be interesting. They might be like co- like close to that bubble. I know we mentioned some guys last week. Uh, looks like Roger Sloan is the was the high point guy on the outside of the bubble. He went from one thirty one to uh to 91st i believe it was uh so i mean anything's possible in terms of of flipping this so even though they're not guys that might be listed in the top 10 or top 20 or even the 30 of the the points like you said that are kind of like in um there's there's a lot of movement that still can be done based off the points that are up for grabs so it's a it's definitely it's not a major but it does have major vibes so it's it's very exciting to watch um, and and to watch it in New York City, you know, you always get to see the city and the buildings behind it, and yeah, and that, see that, the skyline, just sick. I, I I love the visuals of this course. You know, you just said you talked for 15 minutes, and then you cut me <laughs> off. So I don't understand it, <laughs> but that that's all right. 
but I, I do I do think it's it's quite the uh, the scene when you're at the course there. So I've never I've never been, but just seeing it on TV looks really nice. Uh, so I would, if if you're having a bad day at golf, I'm sure looking around the city is not that, that bad at all. So it'll be funny either way. Uh, but let's get into these guys and talk about who you got. All right. So we'll start off in the big guys, the 10K up range. We have the usual suspects pretty much here. John Rahm starting us off at 11.5. DJ at 11 even. Jordan Spieth at 10.8. Xander Schauffele at 10.6. Colin Morikawa 10.4. Brooks Kepka 10.2. Rory McIlroy 10,000. Big names at the top of this list. I am going straight for the top here. I, I have more questions about guys, and I think John Rome's one of the guys I have the least amount of questions about. He's been playing, obviously, fantastic. Uh, last time he uh, got taken out of a tournament, had to withdraw from a tournament due to testing positive for COVID. He came back and won. I I'm hoping we get the same vibes again from him and just playing great. And another thing I kind of do want to add this week is one of the few weeks, like typically I'm concerned about taking the top guy, especially when he's 500 more than everyone. But because the field is so strong, I think you can load up at the top and then, you know, kind of pick and choose your guys at the bottom. Cause there are some still, there's big names down there in the low sevens, high sixes that I think have a good chance to play well here. But kind of just a side note there but John Rahm's my pick off the tee approach around the green he's gained in the last four right we know that sometimes a putter can go bad with Rahm I mean but lately he's been putting okay except for at the open and the Scottish open that wasn't pretty however you know he's playing well playing great golf just king of the top tens this year got his major win just when when you're picking a tournament with all these big dogs, why not go for the top one? Who who? <laughs> I uh, I'm not far behind you in terms of following suit picking. Obviously, we rank them based off of the tiers, but I've got a, a guy that's pretty high up in there, and that's Jordan Spieth. He's coming in at a, a ten eight, so a little bit cheaper than yours, but still up there in terms of the price tag. Uh, I, I think Jordan Spieth. We had in the beginning of the year there was questions on him on is he back? Is he is he the Jordan of old or is he the Jordan of new? And 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 what kind of player are we going to see? And I think he definitely came out and answered all those questions. Um, I think he's he's back, if you will. I don't know if he ever really left. I mean, the guy was great I, at golf. I, I would say he left. I would say oh. there was about a six month period where he left, but he's back. Well, he's back. Well, <laughs> A six-month hiatus is a very good one where he left. So, um, But I, I think, you know, just looking, like we said, with majors, you could look at the whole entire year. He's got eight top tens. He's got 17 out of his 21 uh, made for cuts, so pretty good there. And he's got the one win on the season. Uh, but when you look at the majors, he's gone third in the Masters, 30th at the PGA, which was his worst, 19th at the U.S. Open and a second at the Open Championship. So as these tournaments are, you know, like like we mentioned with it with the being the the major type. If that speaks anything to you, I, this guy comes to show when it when it comes to big events, and I think he's worth the penny that he has. I also think it's interesting that he's playing with Morikawa and, and Cantlay. 
I know that they're kind of breaking these down based off of the FedEx points, but I do think who you're playing with these first couple of days matters too, because, you know, even though these guys are safe in the top 10 or like the 10,000 range are probably safe for this week. And this event may not necessarily matter in terms of points or how, how next week turns for them. They still want to compete against each other and they still want to make sure that they're, they're getting the points. So if, if Spieth knows that he can get a couple legs up on Morikawa or Cantley or vice versa, you know, I think having them play the first two days together and possibly more definitely helps with the uh, with the competitiveness of the golf. So I'm hoping Spieth can keep it running for us and and keep that high high motor and and get a top ten here, maybe a win. So Jordan Spieth at ten eight is my guy. I say he's someone who also. Uh, like how I had talked about with like Mito being fatigued, like coming down to this run, he hasn't like played in a ton of tournaments lately. He's kind of just been picking and choosing where he's playing, which I think can be pretty good for him. And he has gained in all four major categories the last four tournaments. He is someone that I will be playing definitely in lineups. Probably gonna try to find some ways to get a Ramen Speed combo in there, hopefully. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, he's a solid pick. Playing with the Cali boys, first two you, rounds. We'll see, see how it goes for him. You want to get a Spieth and Rombo combo? That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, but, I know. Quick-witted. Came right to me. <laughs> talking about some guys here who kind of, I don't know, I guess – you know, competing against one another, feeding off the energy of one another. For my 9K guy, I'm going to go with John Rom's playing partner and Abe Answer here. He's another guy, solid all-around game. But like I said, he finished second here last time. Good course history. Coming off a win at the WGC. Playing great golf. I think he's just someone who can fit this course well. He's not the longest off the tee which can be a little worrisome. However, he's someone I think of as one of the really good, strong, long iron players. So I'm not too terribly worried about it. He's gaining in all four categories. Just a great golfer here in the 9K range. What do you, you can't be, Sean? You can't be oh, mad yeah. at, at anybody that's in the top 10. And, and for somebody like that, for his, his season that he's had, it's a good pick. Um, I, however, am not going to go with a playing partner of the guy that I previously mentioned. However, he does have a few famous photos with him of a cheeseburger in somebody's mouth. Uh, but this guy, if you got the hint, and if, if you haven't known, that's my dog, Rosie. Congratulations for meeting her. Um, but uh, <laughs> Justin Thomas is my 9K guy. He's towards the top of the, of the ratings. He's 9'8", so just $1,000 less than uh, Jordan Spieth. But I think he's had... Just as an impressive resume this year, obviously winning the, the Players' Championship is a huge feat. Uh, he has not really had too many um, too many huge results outside of some of those. I, I do know he had like a tie for second at the Zozo and uh, third at the Century Tournament, but outside of that, not too like too crazy. But he still is Justin Thomas, and and he's up in the FedEx points. He's in ninth. He's playing with the Shambo and Burns, so just keeping that trend going with the playing partners. I think, you know, that definitely keeps keeps the guys rolling. And, and again, like I said, with speed, the motor is there to keep competitive. I, I just think that, you know, he, even though it's not necessarily the greatest golf that he could 
played during the majors. He did take 40th at the Open, 19th at the U.S. Open. He had, like I said, first at the, the Players, which is technically the fifth major. Uh, the Masters, he had a 21st, and the PGA had an 82nd where he missed the cut. So he did make three out of the four cuts of the majors, which is still very impressive, even though we hold everybody to the highest standard to try to make 100% of that. Um, but I do think that Justin Thomas here would be worth the money. I think he's just a really good play. So 9-8, JT is my guy. I think the only time I played him heavily was at PGA. So that was sick. Uh, but <laughs> there, are, there are a few other guys. Uh, you mentioned, I just want to kind of talk about a guy who I've grown very fond of lately here. Scotty Scheffler. You are talking about how great um, speed finishes are in the majors. When you're looking at all six majors that we've played this year and all of the WGC events, his worst finishes have been a T18 and a T19, and they were both in the Masters. All six majors, all four of the WGC events, he's been in the top 24. So Scotty Scheffler at 9-3 is someone who I, I'll be playing. And I have him in a few lineups. That He's kind of like the, the Brooks light. As of late, where you know Brooks is getting the the wins and just dominating a lot of the majors, Scotty's just he's just floating around, keeping himself around there on Sunday, getting his top tens in majors and WGCs. Um, so I guess if you're in kind of the Brooks model of he only plays in the big tournaments, Scotty's kind of been the same way a little bit this year. Um, but I just kind of want to throw that out there as a little uh, fun fact for the week. Bonus guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll move on to the 8K range here. Um, you know, it's kind of funny because I didn't plan this out ahead of time until you and I were talking before we started recording here that I have also picked another playing partner of John Rahm. So I'm picking the whole grouping here, Paris English, John Rahm, and, and Abe Anser. And kind of coincidentally, one of the things that I was looking at when picking my guys is how have they, how has their strokes gained data looked in the last four tournaments? And Harris English is another guy in the last four tournaments. He has gained in all four categories. So I think this group, if they can just feed off each other, play well together, I think that I wouldn't be surprised if all three of these guys finished in the top 10. And obviously it wouldn't be that much of a surprise. They're sitting fourth, fifth, and sixth in the FedEx Cup points. Like they've obviously had great seasons. Harris English has two wins. Realms won a major, Answers won a WGC event. Uh, but I think Harris English is kind of having a overlooked season. Like, people aren't quite giving him the respect. I don't know. Just because I think, you know, I think he won one of the very first tournaments of the year. Uh, so you don't really consider that when thinking back that far. But, you know, his arm game has really improved, and it's been fantastic. He's at 8-8. Eight, eight. Uh, if you can fit him into some lineups, I think he's a great play. Well, I mean, you can't go wrong with the fourth, fifth, and sixth played guys in the FedEx Cup, like you mentioned. So hopefully uh, I, I like the motor aspect there, obviously. Like I mentioned the playing partner. So hopefully those guys play well for you. Um, not too well because I want to do better than you, but well enough. Um, but for for the 8K guy for, for me, I'm going with Cam Smith. 
I've I've kind of been. I feel like I've kind of said his name a few times here before, and and there I I do think there is a reason, not because he wears the penguin shirts. I think those are cool, uh, free ad. But I do think uh, I do think he's worth every every penny that's there. He's 16th in the FedEx Cup. Uh, he so he's he's going to be decent and he's going to be fine for the next couple of weeks. So it's kind of a stress free. But again, you know he's got an opportunity to move into the top ten with with some of the points that are available for him to get. Uh, he's made seven top tens this year, so I don't think it's a very difficult thing for him to or aspect or an expect from him to. Uh, Expectation was the word I was thinking of. Wow, um, but it's not a big expectation to think that he's going to take a top ten this week, even with the big field. I, I do think that he kind of comes alive and, and shows that when he wants to. He took a fifth last week, uh, and when you look at some of the the majors that he has, a tenth at the Masters, which is pretty big, seventy second at the U.S. Open, a thirty second or thirty third at the the Open itself, um, so and a fifty ninth at the PGA. So. Not terrible, made cuts in a lot of the events, only missed three. So again, I think with a stacked field, anybody in this grouping is going to be fine. The plus for him is he's going to be playing with Kepka and, and Hideki. So obviously the previous Masters champ and, and Brooks, who is just the Majors champ overall. So hopefully with that also kind of brings a little bit out of him. Um, and I don't believe he did too bad at the, uh, the Olympics either. So um, he's coming okay. off of... A couple of good good rankings. I, I think it was what ten, tenth at the Olympics, um, and then I can't remember fifth. off the top of my head, but yeah, I think tenth Olympics and fifth at the WGC. So uh, two top tens in the last two weeks. He's a kind of a riding the hot hand, and that mullet song will be playing in his head all weekend. So we'll we'll ride it with him. So eight five Cam Smith. Yeah, that's all they need. They need to play the mullet song like they did at the Zurich where he won him and Leishman getting that win there and I mean you're good to go with Cam Smith that's all you need just play his tunes man <laughs> likes the music yeah I, another guy we'll have another bonus shout out here Paul Casey huh. I think he's a guy who can play well this week I mean, his approach game and around the green game has been pretty good lately someone who I'm also considering playing um you know, with just such a stacked field, I feel like we should give some additional shout-outs to guys as we go through. So just want to give a little respect out there. Um, you always were an overachiever. I know, right? <laughs> unfortunately, we, we have Tony Fino just consistently falling down the rankings, which him being one of my favorite golfers to root for, sad to see. Uh, all the way down to 8-2. I don't know the last time I ever saw Tony Fino that low. Uh, see how far he continues to fall because he was someone who's really good around the green and he's kind of been struggling with it a little bit um, but uh, when the when the irons and around the green game aren't going well it's a, it's a tough combo to, to score with but you know poor Tony hopefully he gets gets back on track here maybe gets a win gets himself into the Ryder Cup maybe and we will see anyways let's move on to the 7k range um some uh really solid names in here Uh, like you said it's such a strong field that you have a lot of big guys Matt Fitzpatrick is 7-9 Kiz at 7-9 you got Hatton 7-8 
Poulter, of course, Ryder Cup mentioned. Uh, with Poulter at 7-7, I'm sure we'll hear that at least some point this week. Uh, but if we keep going down, you see at 7-5, Kevin Na. He was the guy that I left the cliffhanger with. I would love to see him in a Ryder Cup. Uh, just see him walking in the putts, just like doing... Because he's, he's just kind of like that quirky guy that I feel like he's not trying to be like a super cocky jerk with it. But like if you're getting beat by Kevin Na, who's like chipping in from off the green and walking in his chippings and walking in his putts before they even leave his putter. Like I feel like that's just got to piss you off. So I would love to see Kevin Na out there. I don't think that you know, the course will fit him well, but I would love to see it, which is part of the reason I'm picking him. It's kind of like a, a pick from the heart here because I want him to play well, give him a chance at making the Ryder Cup. But also he does have that excellent short game, which with the smaller greens, you know, if the wind picks up, it could get tough and that could be somewhere where he can excel, uh, really kind of prove his worth to to the Ryder Cup captains. Um, but Kevin Knott, 7-5, is a guy I'm picking here. Well, um, I will keep consistent with somebody that we talked about earlier. It wasn't a cliffhanger, though. But Kevin Kisner is my guy here. Uh, he's uh, at 7-9, like you, you mentioned previously. Obviously, the big thing here, the, the win last week from the Wyndham that pushed him up in the standings, he's now at 29th. Uh, last week, he was not in that place. Obviously, a win on the tour will take you up of the points. Uh, but he hasn't had a terrible season outside of that. He has missed a few cuts. Obviously, he's on the outside of the Ryder Cup looking in, so he's not in the top playing field of that. But he's still one of the cont- the contenders for the bubble. So I think he's got a lot to play for outside of just the competitive nature of the uh, the FedEx Cup and the PGA Tour itself. I mean, it ain't no hobby, folks. So um, <laughs> it is something that I think... That that kind of energy is definitely going to bring it bring to the table like you know this week and next week as he's trying to prove a point and and I don't think Kevin Na would be a bad point a bad option in the the Ryder Cup especially if he does point in a few you know obviously you had Patrick Reed with the finger and Rory doing it a few weeks, like a few holes later but I mean, like the whole finger point into the hole like the whole Tiger moment too like those just iconic things that were just like you have to laugh as the opponent like. Really, guy? Like, you're walking it in? Okay, fine. <laughs> like, like, it's just, it is funny. So, Kevin now would be interesting. But for my sake this week, I hope Kevin Kisner beats the crap out of him. <laughs> <laughs> well, man. Hey, um, can't talk about Kevin I, Kisner without having passion, okay? He'd be upset about it. thought we wanted everyone to do well. I, there nope. are some other... <laughs> <laughs> there's some other interesting names in here as well we have to do the phil nicholson shout out phil nicholson at seven three we got mark we got mark leishman seven two Stuart sink the two-time winner on tour this year at seven one matthew wolf at seven one i feel like could be a great bargain i mean just how matt wolf has played and just what we've seen of him on tours like he he's such a good golfer that you know, with all the, the mental health issues and all the kind of struggles that he's had this year, you know, I think he's, you know, fallen off the radar. People are a little bit afraid to play him. Uh, at 7-1, he could be an excellent bargain because um, he can go low. And he's someone where it's like, 
a bit of a risk reward. Like he's gonna get you a lot of birdies, but you better look out because if there's a double or triple floating around there, ready to pop out. Um, another guy I, I want to kind of give a little shout out to Jonathan Vegas here at seven one. Someone who obviously one of the best drivers of the golf ball in the world, but his short game is improving, and he's someone at seven one who I think it also be a nice bargain down there. We'll move on to the 6K range. And we've been talking a lot about the Ryder Cup and didn't even mean to do this, but I'm going all the way to the bottom at the $6,000, the lowest I've ever picked someone at and going with Sam Ryder. You know, what a just <laughs> time to throw in that name. Didn't even really think about it until just now. But like I said, I'm going to try to load up at the top. The difference between some of these guys here in the, the low sixes to the guys, you know, in the sevens, high sixes, really isn't that much. Um, and I I think he, he could be an excellent play down here all, all the way at 6K. And if he makes the cut, plays well, and get himself a chance to move on. He's sitting 109th. He's advanced to the playoffs three years in a row, but it hasn't made it past the the first tournament. You know, hopefully we can see him advance, get a nice little run in. Um, but you know, irons and putting have been fantastic. He's gained three of the last four. Uh, it's something where like if you can make your putts, you, at least just hit the greens, make your putts, you can at least put up a decent number. So it's just what I'm hoping for with Sam Ryder. Like I said, he's six K. Absolute bargain bin, cheapest guy in the field. So I, I'm I'm going deep here, but I'm hoping it works out. Well, I did that before, and I went to the bottom of the of the quote unquote barrel, and it uh it shot me in the foot. So was that Rossi Campos? I don't want to talk about it anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it was. Um, no hard feelings though. If you're listening, Rafael, come on the pod. Um, but, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, Pat Perez. Uh, he's at six, seven. I don't believe he has any sort of Ryder cup implications to himself. I, uh, um, I think he's so, down there on the list for, uh, yeah. captain's picks. Our, our trend of Ryder cup and, uh, possibly FedEx standings might be ending here. Um, at least you had Ryder with the, uh, last pick, but Pat might be in the outside looking in, in terms of that. Uh, right now he's 111th, so he does have some room that he has to make. I'm hoping that based off that pick of him being at 111th with the uh, FedEx Cup being at a cut of 70, he's got a little bit of extra pressure to him, might motivate him. You saw Roy Sabatini last week needed, needed a really good finish, and it, kind of the pressure helped him get up to the top of leaderboard. He specifically and himself did not get what he needed, but hopefully with Pat, he, he has that little bit of ability to get to there. It's a lot of hope, you know. You got to will it in sometimes, and I'm just willing it to Pat right now. He's got a sick Jordan collection, so at least if he's doing bad out there, his feet are flying. So if, you gotta, if he ever if he ever loses his card, he can always just sell off some of his shoes and make money. Yeah, seriously. Saying? Yeah, well, I don't think he ever needs to worry about that. If he does, he needs to get a better CPA. But um, I think uh, I think he's he's just just fine. But yeah, his shoes are flying, flying. Um, but I, I mean, this field is stacked. I don't think that there's going to be anything wrong with anybody in the field. Even, even some guys in the 6,000 range, 
I know we mostly say that they're out dropping the ocean or fishing a barrel or how whatever you want to say to make it feel like they're small people, but this field is big and everybody is playing for something. So I think even your six thousand dollars, like it's smart. You know, you're like you said, you want to stack at the top, so you're gonna you might you might pick a few guys that have a little bit of FedEx Cup pressure to them in hopes that they can push through while you're while mixing in a few of those top guys that you know are going to finish well. Um, I think it's a great, great opportunity. And I think Pat Perez is also somebody who kind of fits in there. Although he's towards the top top of the 6K range, he still can be fit in there, a few people. Yeah, he's someone who can definitely spike and have a, have a very good finish. We've seen it before. I was just looking at the groupings and kind of the FedEx Cup rankings. Uh, the the cutoff for Sam Ryder, Jason Day, Pat Perez just missed out because that would have been a pretty cool group because Jason Day is at 110 sandwiched in between them, but they're not going to be playing together. So he's someone also to consider. Needs a good finish this week uh, in order to make it. Just looking at some of the other guys like Higo we were talking about. He was, he was one this year, kind of came flying onto the field after his great finishes over in the Canary Islands. Yeah, I'm a fan of Brent Snedeker. He's outside of it, sitting at 100. There's a lot of big names out here outside the top 70 still that need good finishes. Like we mentioned, Poulter, you'll hear the Ryder Cup mentions 15 times this week again with him, so I might as well add to him. And then a big name that I was surprised to see sitting at 71 is Bubba. Bubba is outside the top 70. Um, but I mean, he just needs to to pass one guy to get in. Hope not too many pass him. It will be definitely an interesting week. Fun to watch. Also, Adam Scott at 82 after a great finish last week, even though he uh, somehow missed a four-footer to win the tournament, which I'm not mad about with my Kisner outright that hit. Um, you know, big names, big storylines to look at. One of our... Uh, features though strokes gains ptc this week we are going to go with the uh the new york man phil mickelson him uh i do know that he, i do know he's not from new york but it's just every time there's a new york events new york northeast events it's just everyone's just on phil mickelson everyone loves phil he's kind of like the new york's guy like everyone was jumping on the tiger and loving tiger which they should he obviously one of the greatest golfers I've ever lived phil was right there behind him and new york kind of embraced phil i believe he's a member at the course like i mentioned played well here during the president's cup has some good finishes um so you know sure game ptc can travel a little bit and i think it's a phil week this week for it Philly. <laughs> we'll move on well I guess do you have anything to add overall about the tournament I don't want to just jump away without you having a chance to to add anything after I I went there no it's okay just take over do your thing no I, I'm good I, uh, right. we, can, we can move on into the one and done um, where I have that so I'm just pulling it up right now um, last week just like our lineups Probably wasn't something to really write home about. I was the only uh, only person to make the cut. Webb Simpson, 
finished pretty high up there. Got me two hundred thousand dollars to make my. I'm just short of five million. I would love it if the PGA could get in touch with me and give me some of these winnings, um, but that's okay. Uh, I think Lenny, I think Charles Schwartzel should get in contact with you after you picked him and then came in second at one tournament. Charlie when Hoffman? You, when you picked him, no, no, Charles Schwartzel, when you picked him for the Zerg Classic, and I was like, what the heck? And then he comes in second in the movie. Anyways, well, yeah. I'm, getting, I'm getting a sidetrack. Well, if you Very want bets, curious. if you if you want help on your one and done for next year, just you know where to find me, LJ. I'll, I'll help you. Um, but uh, Nate is is still in uh, last place right now in terms of total money, two point eight. Lenny's at two point nine, and like I said, I'm just under five at four point nine. Um, so this week, uh, with Nate being up first, he's going with Jordan Spieth. So obviously, I'm a big fan of Jordan this week. So good pick for Nate. Uh, Lenny, who would you go with? Yeah, last time uh, I was said Nate had a great pick. It was Brooks Kepka, and he came just about dead last. Uh, but for me, I'm going with Rory. Uh, Good he's pick. been playing really well, played well at the Olympics. Great ball striking at the WGC events. Um, I I need I basically need him to win this in order for me to have any hope or prayer at catching you. Um, but I'll let you, uh, tell us who you're going with, Sean. I'm going with DJ. I love doing this because I strategically left myself a plethora of guys at the end that I could pick from. Um, so Dustin Johnson's my guy. Hopefully I can add to that total and keep it rolling, but catch back next week to figure out how we did on that one. I am. A little preview of next week. It's going to be me saying, yeah, I told you Rory was going to win and uh, DJ was going to miss the cut. And now I have a chance to win going into the BMW Championship. Time is a bad bitch, LJ. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, need, I need you to miss the cut in both tournaments and me to win. I, I think the most you can get is about $3.5 million over the next two tournaments, which is I'm going to need all of it. <laughs> But anyways, guys, that has been the Northern Trust Preview. Hopefully, uh, we have a better week this week. And next week, we do have the BMW Championship, the second round of the FedEx Cup, and it'll be our last week of our one and done. We're not going to do the final just because we, we haven't uh, been going the whole year, and it wouldn't make sense for us to do that. Anyways, but... Next week's a no-cut event, so we don't have to worry about missing cuts next week, which I guess might be a little bit of a pleasant surprise after this past week for me anyways. But this has been Out of the Rough with Lenny and Sean this week. Make sure you go follow us on all of our social media, uh, Out of the Rough WK, and we will see you next week. Peace.